Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 144. This is dropping on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. I hope everybody has a good one, but we are actually recording one. We are actually recording this on Tuesday night after the Knicks is unnecessarily thrilling 106 to 100 victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, yeah, look, uh, I am here with my co host, as per usual. Prez, Prez, what's going on? Not much. The first thing I'll say is, uh, you know, I was a little lukewarm on the city jerseys, but I actually liked how they looked on the court, and they make for some uh, some dope sneakers that some of the players were pulling out with them. So uh, I- I'll give my support to the city jerseys, which are better than the last few years of garbage joke one-off jerseys that people had to pretend they liked but actually were horrible. So you guys can stop pretending now. <laughs> All right. Well, I am. I actually care negative amount about jerseys. Um, so I'm not. I'm just. I, you're the. You you drop the jersey takes. I'll let the people decide. Uh, but we are joined by not a first time guest, but first time in a long time guest. Uh, you know him as Benji Ritholtz. That's at Ritholtz NBA on Twitter. Is that correct? I think I got that right. At Ben Ritholtz. Uh, At Ben Ritholtz. All right, there we go. Uh, Benji, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I think this is actually my first time on with Prez. So this is a real thrill and treat for me. An honor, a privilege to be on with the Prez himself. Yeah, um, that's the first time and the only time we're going to compliment Prez on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, But before we get started, uh, I do want to mention that the Strickland does have a Patreon. Uh, You could feel free to subscribe to it. There's multiple tiers that you can uh, subscribe to. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to this podcast right here. It also gets you access to the mailbag uh, every other week with Jeremy, myself, and Drew. Uh, it also gets you access to the Strickland Gr- Discord, where Nick's talk never ends. Uh, and it is wonderful, and it's great, and we have live game chats, and everybody talks shit to each other. It's wonderful. It's very, very uh, harmonious and fun. Uh, I would recommend that. Also, there are there's a $9 tier, which, uh, you know, look, if you're going to do it, I think that's the best one to get, because you also get access to weekly articles from Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda, who are two of the best Knicks writers, basketball writers, whatever writers out there. Um, and also you get access to me yelling on another podcast if that's a draw for you or not. Um, there's also $15 tiers, $30 tiers, $50 tiers, $100 tiers, plenty of tiers for everybody. Uh, whether you subscribe or not, your support is appreciated. Uh, none of you, none of this would be possible without you. So thank you very much. And back to the show. Uh, and the show is about (laughs) the Knicks beating the Lakers. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this game, and I am going to start 
with a negative because I'm a terrible person. Um, I've had enough Kemba Walker. I think <laughs> fucking sucks. He's garbage. Get him off the fucking team. I don't care. Just get him out of the rotation. Get him off the floor. I've never for a what is he? Is this his eleventh year in the league? Twelfth year in the league? What is that? Sound about right? Something like that. Um, thirty-one years old, thirty-two years old. I don't give a shit how old he is. He got stripped in the second quarter, bringing the ball up the floor by Avery Bradley. Bradley steals it, goes down, puts two in. Or he, he should got fouled. Kemba got back, fouled him. Uh, that cut the lead to eighteen. He basically just went into a shell after that and was terrified and did not participate offensively for the rest of the game. He was terrible. He basically hit on the court. Um, but while he was doing this, he was also wasting about half the fucking shot clock, walking the ball off the floor like he was in a goddamn wheelchair um, and completely nuked the Knicks offense, zero flow, put others in awkward situations where they were expected to initiate the offense. He's basically just like, not helping and actively hurting the Knicks offense. Uh, I saw a lot of people bitching about Julius isoing too much and all these things. And sure, that's part of it. But here's the thing. We got Kemba Walker in in large part to ease the burden of shot creation and playmaking on Julius Randle. Now, if Kemba Walker is not doing anything in his minutes, guess what happens? We revert to the type of offense we were last year which required Julius Randle to be Julius LeBron James. Um, like, I don't know what people expect, but th- like that's the reality. And if Kemba is not going to provide anything on offense, he's a minus defender. I don't think he, I, I do think his, how bad of a defender is, is a bit exaggerated, but he is a bad defender. Um, and the fact that he's not doing anything offensively hurts us. I, I just don't I don't know what to do with it. Like I I can't. We're we're 18 games into the season. This is not like at some point. You know, again, Tib said this after what like game 14, 13, whatever what the fuck it was. But like you know, you say 20 games and 30 games and four. It, this is enough. Like I've seen enough. I, I'm sorry. Like I've just seen enough. He, he there's too many games where he just does absolutely fucking nothing, blows a fucking lead, like doesn't. I mean, he's like so fucking disengaged offensively, which is the most bizarre part of it. Um, and, you know, like, again, this is another game. The Knicks, the Knicks, they were up 25. They were, this Lakers team had, they didn't want to compete tonight. They didn't want to. They were just, they were ready to roll over and, you know, go on Thanksgiving vacation. And instead, the starters come in and sure, you can blame Julius if you want, you can blame. To me, that was entirely on Kemba. I don't care if that's unfair. And if you want to put some blame on Tibbs too, fine, go for it. Because Tibbs let that shit carry on for way too long for my liking. Um, That second quarter into the third quarter was just one of the most egregious, pathetic, invisible, worthless, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, stretches a point guard play you'll ever watch in the NBA. Uh, I, 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 I was thinking this, but when he got stripped by Avery Bradley bringing the ball up the floor... I was thinking to myself how, like, I've seen Kemba Walker turn the fucking ball over more times bringing the ball up. Like, I've seen him turn the ball over, bring the ball up the floor as many times as, like, 90s R&B Twitter thought Frank turned the ball over, bring the ball up the floor. Like, it's that bad. He just, like, is so shaky, untrustworthy, and 
you know, I just, I, I don't want to watch him play anymore on the Knicks. And I definitely don't want to watch him start anymore. I definitely don't want to see him get minutes over Emmanuel quickly. I don't want to see him get minutes over Derrick Rose when he's healthy. I want him to sit on the bench. He can do his smiling thing and fucking wave pom-poms and talk about how he's from the Bronx and all this wonderful shit um, from the bench. But I'm sick of it. Like, I, I don't think it, this is not a small sample anymore. This is not about getting adjusted. This is not about new teammates and all this shit. This is about a guy who cannot find whatever it is that he had once upon a time. He cannot find that for full game stretches. Uh, that's what I have to say about that. You guys can take that wherever you want. This kind of ties into what I wanted to talk to you about quickly. And it's like, like Rose, I, I think Rose on the whole has been the best point guard and by a lot and quickly has been so, so good and improved so much that like, even if you take Kemba on his good days or his good quarters, which it's like a coin flip these days and like whether you're going to get good Kemba or like passive Kemba, um, what quickly does he does all of the things you want Kemba to do better than Kemba. He drives more. He play makes a little better. He is much better on defense because he has more size and he's a little quicker even at this point. And he offers insane shot creation as we saw later in the game. So like, I understand the need that, you know, Tibbs wants to keep the, the bench unit together, but, the way Kemba plays now to me seems much more like how you expect, you know, like a run of the mill backup point guard to play who's can go off sometimes for big nights, but you know, is not going to do that all the time. Like a Smith or something like that. So he like, plays like fucking Luke Kennard. That's what he plays like right now. Like he, like, 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 you know, have you ever seen like, you know, Luke Kennard just kind of like hangs out and lets like Paul George do shit and Reggie Jackson do shit. Well, maybe, but I don't think Luke Kennard has had like 15 point quarters. So I think there's a little bit of a difference this season, but like my point is, I think because Rose is clearly the lead gun of the second unit anyway, like fine, if you're going to fucking hang out and be passive, like do it with that unit that has guys like Rose and AB and OB who can soak up some more creation usage IQ, as we saw last year, like even when he's not doing anything in terms of on the ball, like you know he spaces out further than anyone on the team. You know he's the best screen setter on the team as well. So like you even when he's not initiating the sets, you know he's just racing the ball up the floor. And even if it's just to pass it off. So like little things like that that aren't even related to his defense or his actual scoring or playmaking. Like those things add up. So I I was I was happy that because we didn't have Rose we got to see more IQ at the end of the game and I really think that by the what end of this hair? Oh my god, he can't get his hair and he has to keep it like this yeah, now forever. Right. Yeah. We need headband poofy hair IQ forever. So much it, better. This like, is as like good the, as the hair was before, but now it's, you know. Yeah, this is like the reverse <laughs> of when of when Julius let his braids out last year and he played horribly, and then he was like, "No, no, I'm changing it back. I apologize." <laughs> like they need they need immense amounts of peer pressure. And with the this goes back to what I said in the beginning. And with the jerseys, it just looks so cool, especially <laughs> while he was getting buckets. So uh, that's my very insightful analysis. IQ, keep the hair out, keep the headband. Convince Nick's brass to let us wear the city jerseys more. Three seed, here we come. And uh, I'll toss it to Benji on that note. 
no, I, um, I, I don't, qu- I can't quite get to where Schwinn is where I think he's going <laughs> to go because, uh, I mean, he's shot too well. Like he's shooting that he's actually having a career shooting year. <laughs> I mean, the usage is lower and that helps and he's taking maybe uh, less difficult shots because of that. And that's actually kind of the problem in some ways. And I think that's what Schwinn's alluding to, that there's a passivity to his game now that's frustrating. And I think that the offense has looked best when he's been more involved. But that said, I, you know, I, I don't think he's, I think his, he's still a shot maker in a way, like he's still an NBA guard. I, I do, uh, I am becoming convinced that he's best now utilized again in a bench unit for two reasons. Number one, uh, those units skew small. Uh, and I think not having the big rim protectors that are kind of more uh, usually in starting lineups, like you saw DeAndre got to a couple of his floaters tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I saw that, especially after that deciding to I, pump fake on a wide-open three. Love that position. Yeah, yeah and less big guards, too, conversely, because, like, he had a couple of possessions where he played fine defense against yeah. Russ, but Russ just shot over the top of him, and it's just like, what are you yeah. going to do? And just to be clear, like, I, I really mean this, like, I don't really have a problem with his defense at all. Like, I know what his limitations are, so I'm kind of fine with that. And, like, I actually think as the season has gone along, his rotations have gotten better. Like, I'm I'm not – my issues with Kemba have basically nothing to do with his defense at all. Um, it's strictly, you know, Benji, you touched on it, the passivity on offense. And I think the other thing, too, that coming off the bench would allow is uh, bench bench units are, like, they're less inclined to hunt the weakling, right? Like, bench units don't really play like that. Um, and before I toss it back to you, what I will say, and I think this is something to consider is like, if you start quickly and you still have Rose and you still have Burks off the bench, is that third, like, I agree that Kemba is still an NBA player. I think he's probably a good bench guard somewhere. I don't think he's a good bench guard for us. Um, I would feel way more comfortable. And I know he's an unproven rookie. I'd feel way more comfortable putting Grimes in that spot. Um, than, than Kemba. Like, I don't like. I don't like the idea of Kemba and Rose together in a backcourt. I know Rose has been pretty good defensively in New York, but I think it benefits him playing next to IQ and Burks. Um, I think you lose a lot of that if you put him next to Kemba. I I don't know. That's just me. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Benji. No, and you guys touched on it already. And the other advantage is, um, as much as I agree, he's a he's actually a very solid team defender. He rotates well. He's in the right spots. He obviously takes charges, but um, when he's guarding guys like Brogdon or Russ tonight, like they're just too big. Like they're just too big for him. And and it it's not that he's in the wrong spot and you're not doing anything wrong. He's just tiny. So like what happens is the some of the open threes that we're seeing kind of like are a result of the other four guys on the floor overreacting or maybe not overly reacting, maybe just reacting to the mismatch that inevitably he's he's on. And so I, I do think there are advantages to moving him down to the bench. That said, I, I understand the concern that, that sharing a backcourt with Rose defensively might might pose issues if, if you go with IQ in the starting lineup. One thing I one thing I push back on is this idea that if if you switched Kemba and either Rose or IQ, that like the bench would lose its flow. Um, I think you saw tonight, like even without Rose, who you know I think we'd all agree is kind of the key cog and the key ball handler on that unit. Like it it just flows better because 
uh, it's Blue Heather, it's OB kind of just being a ball mover and just like the activity of all of those guys combined. And I don't think Kemba would necessarily take away from it. I think he'd actually benefit from it as opposed to kind of standing around Julius post-ups. Kind of that flow would also help him get into a better rhythm. So, so I, I, don't, I don't buy into that so much either. Yeah, I mean, I just think he'd be better because – or it would benefit him anyway just because like the way to think of it is like – if you have four other guys that kind of play with some level of flow, or at least three other guys, right? You can say Burks, you can say Rose, you can say Obi, obviously. Um, I don't know what you want to say about Noel. He's he's Nerland's Noel. Um, he's, but, he's special. Yeah, he is definitely special. Uh, <laughs> um, Dude, but, he had he had a shocking, shocking moment late in the game where like someone threw him a pass that was super off high and he grabbed that shit like he was coming down for the touchdown. And then he kicked at the IQ in the corner, right? Yeah, and then he passed. <laughs> it wasn't even like a short roll but it because it was like deeper in the paint but like off of that catch it was like an incredible sequence and it was like <laughs> and then IQ missed and I was like it's like when you see somebody break someone's ankle and defender falls and they shoot and it's like the one out of a hundred times where they miss after breaking someone's ankle <laughs> and you're just like that's not karmically appropriate like come on now basketball guys and that's the same thing he made that pass and i was just like this this is unjust <laughs> <laughs> um but yet like to your point like i i think like having those three like yeah sure kemba would benefit from it um my my thing is with that starting group is they need somebody who plays with flow like they need somebody to create flow right like RJ can play within flow, but he's not the guy that's going to create it. No. Fournier can cr- play within flow, but he's not the guy that's going to create it. Julius, I I don't know if he can play with he can he like can play within flow, but sometimes he's just like he's like got to get to his spots, like he's got to get his touch. He can also stop the flow. <laughs> yeah, he can definitely stop the flow. He can turn off all the faucets. Um, but but like IQ plays with like a certain flow, and I think yeah. what happens with Kemba, and this is what was really frustrating. Really, really frustrating that stretch was like he would slow down the pace. He didn't want to attack. But what he would do is he would like just run two man game with Julius and then post him wherever the fuck he was. Like didn't matter if he was 20 feet out, top of the key, 20 feet out in the corner, 20 feet out of the way. It didn't not matter. He would just run that bullshit two man action. The Lakers would switch and he just toss up Julius and clear out the side. And that was it. Like that, that was all he did. And it's like, is that. Like that's not selfish, but it's also like, in a way, it's it's. I mean, it's like kind of like fake team play is the kind of is the, how I think about it. Just running a two man action and then not really moving the ball to the weak side or not really actively like like if he runs a pick and roll, the team the other the opponent can almost reasonably expect him to not pass to anybody but whoever he ran the pick and roll with. Otherwise, he's probably going to shoot it or dribble it back out. Like that's it's. He's just never been that good of a passer in that sense. Um, but, like, you well, know, he's more passive in general this year. Like, and not only on pick and roll, but um, if, you look at his drive, if you look at his drive numbers, his, his pass up rate is way out. And part of that has to do with, like, he's older. It doesn't have quite the same explosiveness. But, like, I think it's it's also in this, his whole mindset in general. And, and that's, you know, one of the reasons why I think playing with the bench unit would also help is because it's probably a little easier for someone like him to be more decisive um, than it is when he's playing with RJ 
Evan and Julius and on a new team. And like, you know, he, he, it's very on off switch, his offense in the sense, not whether it's there or not, but like in terms of decision-making, it's like either extreme passivity, you know, like very obvious pick and roll switch, but pass to Julius or like it's Kemba time. And sometimes that's great. And it works. Because... It was great in the third quarter against Chicago. And this right. is, and right. this is the thing is like, I like, I thought that was it a need, game. It needs to be, um, what do you call the light switches where it's like a gradient? I where it's where it's like it's not on or off. It's like you can change the brightness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be like seventy five percent all the time. Like, <laughs> seventy. I can't. I can't go from like ten percent to one hundred percent. Like it can't be ten percent for for fifteen minutes and then a hundred percent for five. Like right. That's like, that's that, what I'm saying, and that's what um that that's third what... quarter against Chicago was that he was awesome in that third quarter. Like I thought, you know, I I thought he was. You know, I thought it was a little unfair that he didn't get a chance to close that game, but I also understood why he didn't close that game. Because Tibbs has seen this fucking guy for like, you know, seventeen games to that point. He's like, Look, I seen you have good quarters, but then you come I put you back in and you know, you're just you're not that guy anymore. And it's just like he, he can't trust him. He he you know, he, he just doesn't trust him. And I actually like I have some sympathy for him there. Like I have a lot of sympathy for Tibbs there because I mean, why why what has he done to make you trust him? You know, like that first game of the season, that's still fucking stuck in my memory of like the Knicks are just literally like this. The Celtics are ready to just kind of like, you know, play the game out. And, but they're giving like token pressure coming up the court and Kemba just shits himself, turns the ball over twice, completely changes the game. Like, like we've just seen it too much with him and it's hard to get that trust back. And I really think, you know, he might be starting, but like, I mean, Go, go, if if you put a gun to Tibbs' head, and you were like, you know, five minutes for the rest of your life, you got to pick five guys on this team to to play for you. Where does Kemba rank in that? Like ninth, tenth? Like I, I I feel like he would pick, like he would pick every, every one of the starters over him. He would pick all the bench guys over him at this point. I think. Um, it just it's rough to watch, and I like I hate like how critical I am I am of him because. It is a cool story, and like I hate admitting that Celtics fans maybe had something right for once. Um, but like, I, I mean, it's so weird because the shit that we're complaining about with him isn't even what Celtics fans complained about with him. Like they were just like, "Oh yeah, he just shoots too much," and like, you know, fucking the defense. And I'm watching. I'm like, motherfucker, I wish he'd shot too much. Like that would be great because, like, exactly what Benji's saying is right. He's is still having an efficient year and you know you watch that chicago game and it's like you know he 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 does the invisible man thing for the first six minutes of the game Tibbs just pulls him for the rest of the first half and i don't know what happened probably lit a fire under his ass but he came out in the third quarter that's probably the best quarter i thought he played this season what did you think benji it was yeah definitely the best quarter he played um and he and and it was not just like pull-up shooting he was he was attacking the rim he made a great pass to noel he was looking to the weak side like he still has that in him on occasion, um, but look, he hasn't. It hasn't been consistent enough, and and I, I I wouldn't be upset if they pulled the plug on him as a starter. I don't. I wouldn't bench him. I wouldn't dust him yet. But I no. I think it's fair. I think um, I think he hasn't he hasn't given enough offense to justify the below average defense he provides. Not again, just based on his limitations physically.
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New New episodes of Fly on the Wallin' drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallin' wherever you get your podcasts.